the Cambridge Marketing Podcast with Kiran Kapoor. Brought to you by Cambridge Marketing College. See their range of courses and apprenticeships at marketingcollege.com. Hello and welcome. This week we are in the metaverse and I'm joined by college fellow Neil Wilkins. Neil, you came on the podcast a year ago to talk about the metaverse. Um, Has much changed since then? It's absolutely fascinating how much has changed. Um, yeah, I, I kind of reflecting back on what we were talking about uh, back in the day, um, which in it feels a long time ago now. But I think the big thing for me that is is so so different is that I think there's a, re- a real kind of understanding that there is no one metaverse. I think that is something that's become so clear to a lot of us uh, is that there are literally multiple metaverses and these things are kind of growing and glowing and you know offering up lots of opportunities for businesses and marketers and brands looking to almost kind of be first in Um, but the big thing because there are multiple metaverses is kind of where do you put your eggs you know because if you put your eggs in the wrong basket you could end up being in the wrong place. And I think that's quite an interesting challenge or interesting observation that is very different to, I think, we were all expecting, you know, some time ago that it would be one thing, but it quite clearly isn't. Okay, so now I'm intrigued because definitely when we spoke last time, it was going to be one holistic metaverse that we were all going to be in and living our lives on and we weren't going to need our corporeal bodies anymore because it was all going to be online. I am slightly exaggerating what you said. So what are the different metaverses? Why have we suddenly got more than one? I think really what we're seeing is a proliferation of of gaming companies predominantly um, who are now really running you know, a significant amount of tech development, um, but very much from their own perspective. So you'll get a, a range of different uh, online uh, sort of virtual worlds as well as gaming uh, companies who are creating almost their own version, their own interpretation of this immersive 3D space that um, ultimately, eventually, we're all being told we're going to end up in. Um, for me, that's really interesting because there are no common ways of connecting these metaverses. So once you get into one, be it um, Sandbox or Decentraland and many others are available, you kind of almost have to end up playing their game. So you're playing their version using their currencies and you're kind of doing it with the technologies there. But there doesn't seem at the moment because they're not really talking to each other, there doesn't seem a way of kind of porting between them. So if you happen to be a marketer or a brand looking to develop a particular space, um, you're really hedging your bets as to whether you're developing in a, a platform or on a platform where your customers are going to be happy to go. And it might well be that you're developing somewhere and then your customers end up going somewhere else, which is going to be a little bit of a game of cat and mouse, I think, certainly in the early days of this. It's quite, so, it's um, quite a, an interesting game to be playing, really. Am I missing the point? I thought Metaverse was meta. And therefore, we all had to play by Facebook's rules and into Facebook's area. So were Sandbox and Decentral part of Facebook's metaverse or have they done something different? I would say right here, right now, that Meta, uh, formerly known as Facebook, is not on the big 
list is not on the big gamers or the big gaming or the big platform list right now for metaverses, um, which sounds really ironic seeing it's called meta. So the implication is that because of their deep pockets, because of Mark Zuckerberg's, you know, absolute passion for this being the future of Facebook and even to the point of, you know, rebranding um, along those lines, you would imagine quite correctly that this is where it's all happening. But right here, right now, it's happening elsewhere. And I think there is a lot of, I mean, you only have to search how well is Meta doing in the metaverse or how well is Meta developing its metaverse um, in a search engine and you will be hit by a proliferation of places and views and media and commentators who say that Meta is currently so off the mark spending billions of dollars allegedly but so off the mark from where the rest of the world is going so we're in a really interesting time we're in a really interesting kind of place and space really as marketers looking at this and as businesses looking at this to think well actually do I hold out for meta do I buy you know a really expensive headset and start you know planning getting developers involved or do I go into one of these spaces that clearly you know has a platform where I can actually go and I can upload content I can even look like me as my avatar kind of looks like me in these other spaces and do I kind of almost not even nod towards meta do I just go it alone in a, a place or a space that's actually existing right now so I think you know there are a lot of you know the jury is out kind of opinions I think on this but it, it definitely is currently not meta when you think of the metaverse Okay, so what we're basically saying is Zuckerberg's got the sort of the, uh, if I said the loud mouth, the loudest voice in, in the area on this, but actually there are better technologies there. So can you tell me a little bit more about what, say, either Sandbox or Decentral actually does that's so, so leading edge? Well, I would say, I mean, from personal experience, um, and, and I don't, I have to um, admit, I don't know intimately each and every one of these platforms. Um, I am getting quite familiar with one in particular that I want to talk about in just a moment, mm. because to me, they are making inroads that I think even Meta uh, are kind of failing in right now. Um, typically, what they are is they are... And I'm sure, you know, Kieran, you, you'll remember Second Life as being, mm -hmm. you know, from, from decades ago, you know, being the place and the space that we were all expecting to go and live our virtual life. And, you know, deep into the night, we'd be kind of dancing in clubs in um, uh, Second Life and we'd be going there and potentially doing shopping and maybe even doing some work in there. This is kind of how they've um, started to emerge. So you have um, existing virtual platforms or vir virtual world platforms where there are some capabilities for, you know, a business to go in and create and maybe buy a space. I mean, Decentraland um, being one in particular where you can, using um, uh, sort of cryptocurrency, go in and buy a virtual space, a virtual land. You can claim your plot, so to speak, and, yeah, you can start creating. Um, the one that I really want to um, sort of mention and talk about, though, really, is um, Spatial.io. Now, this one is, is very new on the radar to me, but suddenly has taken my attention as a marketer because... I can do things in spatial.io that don't require me to have any technical ability or knowledge. They don't even require a headset. 
the avatar already looks like me because it already finds my images off the internet, makes it look a little bit like me, but I can upload a, an image of my face, literally using my phone or my, uh, my desktop camera, and suddenly I've got an avatar that is me that I can operate without a headset and I can get to do things and I can be in spaces that actually look really like this virtual world that everybody else seems to be promising. So there are platforms and spaces where we can do that right now. And there's a very interesting example and one that um, has been you know, doing the rounds in, in social media. Um, Hublot, which is uh, one of the watch manufacturers, French Swiss um, watch manufacturer, who have um, taken the um, the World Cup, which is uh, due to be happening shortly by storm, by um, actually creating a virtual football stadium in which they're showcasing a, a World Cup-centred um, new, new watch that they're just launching. And they've done all of the launch um, activities with within spatial.io and it's very interactive you can literally just click the link without a headset and this for me is the real accessibility thing now which we were all kind of a little bit worried I think as marketers that we'd have to have our customers downloading loads of stuff and wearing sort of funny glasses or crazy headsets and they just wouldn't want to do it you can do this from your existing computer and you can go to this football stadium in this virtual world and you can look around you you can be entertained, you can be informed, you can get this you know, amazing watch that you can sort of manipulate in real time and look around it. It is fascinating, but it's so, so accessible. And to me, this is where I think the big wins are going to come from, are these accessible platforms where you don't need the tech, you don't need the developer. You can just jump in with an avatar that looks like you and you're part of a metaverse. Yes, I'm, I'm, as you were talking, I actually just pulled up um, spatial.io. And uh, yes, it, it connects different devices. It, it's a, it, at a very quick look, it, it does look less scary than some of the other things. If not everybody wants to wear a headset. I think this is the key thing. I, th I think a lot of the um, early commentators on this, you know, could could see the value, but they were always coming back to this point of until the tech to access this, you know, this amazing sort of nirvana that we're all hoping for, and let, until that tech kind of catches up and becomes um, accessible, but also becomes, you know, attractive to us as as citizens or as consumers, then it is never going to work. So I, I, I love the way that the likes of Spatial.io, and I'm sure others have kind of you know coined on this and sort of you know, realised that this is the way it's going to it's going to travel in the in the not too distant future. I think because this accessibility becomes something that takes those barriers away, it does mean that marketers and businesses and brand owners can afford to go in there and and pilot things and test things and not feel kind of threatened by, you know, oh, I've got to have a team of techies around me and developers to kind of create stuff before I can, I'm even allowed to play. I think, you know, as as humans we can just literally go in there and experiment and explore and just kind of see what resonates and so to me as a marketer that is a very attractive thing because it takes away that kind of that level of embarrassment almost that I don't have the tech skills to kind of be able to develop something but in these kinds of spaces if it is accessible well we all do. 
So you said that one of the issues was there are a number of virtual worlds um, and it's not all about Facebook meta. Um, and you've, you've alluded several times to the fact that it's a bit difficult to know which way to jump. So what, in your view, should marketers think about doing? I think it is, it's kind of a, a two-pronged attack. I, th I think until you kind of, as a marketer, kind of know what the possibilities are, it's a very difficult one to have a view on, okay, I'm going to go headlong into that particular space. Because until you know what the opportunities are, it, it would be somebody who's very brave to put all their eggs, as I said earlier, into one basket. So I think the, the first thing to do is to just explore and play is to have the confidence to maybe spend a quiet evening just having a look around some of these big players the ones who are investing a lot in this because you know typically they are going to be the ones who you know have the um, development capacity to be creating stuff that suits what we're looking for uh, and just go and have a little um, experimentation with the you know the various kind of tools the things that you can load up um, I did a little bit earlier start to load up a presentation in a meeting room that I created in Spatial um, to see whether or not I could bring a, a number of people in, you know, completely raw and completely new to um, this particular platform and see how easy it would be to bring people in to see a short presentation, for example, in the little room that I've created. So it is kind of little things like that. I think just be curious, um, be very open minded. And I think don't kind of feel that if I don't get it, people are going to be watching because a lot of this, until you actually click the go live button, a lot of this is quite private. So you, you can afford to spend some quality time in these spaces just exploring. So I don't think it's about you know, devoting budget to this. I don't think it is about kind of embarrassing yourself, feeling a little bit vulnerable because it's the first time you've gone in there. I think it is just literally about going to play and seeing what resonates. Have a look at as well some of the um, the larger brands and see what they're doing because you know there's a lot of big brands now, um, you know, claiming real estate in the, in these virtual spaces. There's a lot of brands making a thing out of some of the events that they're doing, uh, and this isn't just you know, the music industry and big kind of fashion brands who have been the first kind of two industries really to make a play in here. Some of the more kind of serious brands are starting to kind of get in there. Um, and a lot of the, the research that's coming through on this, I, I read an article from um, Forbes yesterday uh, and they were saying that a lot of the research is saying that you know manufacturers are coming in here so that they can showcase some of their processes for example so I think what it is it's about kind of once you've been in and had a little look around a little play maybe sort of test some of the little features and see if you can create your own little free space in there I think it is about having those conversations with you know like-minded others within your business or your organization and just kind of explore and maybe sound out some of the early things you might like to try and this doesn't have to be with customers you can keep it in-house you don't necessarily have to go out all guns blazing hey we're the first in the metaverse kind of thing I, th I think it is about kind of playing with some of the opportunities testing out what resonates what feels natural because this is a brave new world nobody has the answer even though Mark Zuckerberg would say that he has the answer for us I think because this is so so new 
knew. And the, and the thing for me, um, Kieran, that really kind of resonates is when you get in there and if you do this with a with a headset on or you're doing this in a really kind of 3D way, so not just looking at it from your uh, computer screen, you realise that you are actually inside this world you're not looking at this world you're actually within it and i think for marketers that potentially once you get your head around this is a different immersive experience you find yourself you know opening up ideas for new innovation you know maybe ways of projecting and projecting promoting and kind of using your brand in in new ways that you wouldn't have otherwise thought of so i think it is about keeping a really open mind going in there playing testing experimenting and and being vulnerable you don't have to get this thing right the first time keep it in house have those conversations and have fun with it Yes, I was just looking at the Forbes article. So um, Ferrari are using Metaverse to give an idea of um, how how um, showcasing their models so that car shoppers can sort of walk around the car, um, have a look inside the engine, but obviously they're doing it online. Um, so it's quite interesting. There's even a whiskey company that created a new cocktail and an immersive experience that transports the customer to Scotland. Um, and then looks at how the whiskey is made. It's it's a very interesting way. I think play is exactly what you what you're saying, isn't it? It's you know, do you need to be transported via the metaverse into the distillery where the whiskey is made? Well, no, you don't. But there is a a, a playful element and an enjoyment element to doing that. I think it'll come. I think I think this is a thing that we we all need to be a little patient with this. You know, I I can imagine if I was. Um, working within an organization that were developing some of these platforms and a lot of these tools and capabilities, I would be absolutely going 24 7, 365, you know, to, to really make this happen. But I, I think for the rest of us who have brands or we have products and services that we would like to begin this journey with, I think it is about patience. I mean, it will come. I, I notice that quite a lot of the media reporting on this feels very, very kind of negative there's there's a lot of mm. negative um, talk about oh well it's not there yet oh it's not really extending what we've already got but I think if we take the view that it will come and it probably will arrive faster than we think but what can we do today what can we do to introduce you know some of these new kind of as you use the word there immersive kind of experiences with what we already have I mean it will be a transition I think for some of us if we might have for example interactive brochures on the web where you know you can sort of flip the pages and you can click links that then take you off somewhere else it probably will only be for now one step further in the evolution of how we're going and where we're going with this. But that trip to the distillery where you're walking around the actual, you know, building and it looks and feels exactly like the real world distillery. I mean, it will come. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that we will get there. But for now, I think it's about playing with that that evolution and, you know, not beating ourselves up that we haven't actually got the perfect scenario here if we decide to, to go for it and actually invest a bit of time and energy, you know, in a, a metaverse of our choice I think it is about saying okay this is early steps but we're on the journey come and join us see what you think what would you like to see 
And then when we have the confidence to go for it, talking to, you know, our customers, be they business to business or consumers and say, well, what would you like to see, you know, in this experience? You know, let's kind of collaborate and let's co-create this thing, because what better way to do market research? I could imagine a a small focus group of of like minded customers coming in with a particular brand and co-creating the space and kind of figuring it out together. I mean, what lovely way to develop the relationship there with customers doing it you know in collaboration so I, I think as long as we're patient I think this thing will go well but I think it's if you expect everything from day one well even yeah, Mark Zuckerberg would probably have to admit we're not there yet. Yes there's a nice line in the Forbes article you mentioned with of policy of having a think big start small test often and I think that's very much what you're describing isn't it think big let's give it a try but start in a small um, a small way and if you're co-creating then you are automatically testing often. We have sort of slightly skirted around about how expensive playing in this area is and I don't just mean in a budget layout I also mean in a time layout so or any other resources come to think of it what do you think how do you think this is an expensive thing for brands to play with is it something that you can try out on a very small budget or do you really have to commit? For me, this is one of two absolutely profound moments for marketing over the coming years. I think it's it's metaverse and it's sustainability. And I think there is almost an onus, and I'm going to talk specifically to the marketers here, to take real ownership of this. I, I think for too long, marketers have been quite reactive, and I'll even put myself into that category. You know, we've seen, oh, there's social media, right, let's go and do social media. Or, you know, back in the day, we've seen, oh, there's websites, let's go do websites. I think we have two choices here. We can either carry on doing the day-to-day in the way that we've done it, in which case there is no cost, there is no kind of commitment. You can kind of get away with it for a little bit because we haven't really worked out properly how to do marketing sustainability or metaverse marketing. But it is coming very, very soon and it's coming at a pace. So I would say there's a, a, a need, I would say, for a, a brand that wishes to be relevant in the coming years, and I'm talking maybe two years out to be still relevant, um, to really kind of taking the reins here and actually going for it. So I'd say invest a little, and it probably at this stage is just time, and I know time costs time is important but I think if you are a marketer looking to have a potentially a seat at the top table or to be influential with your management team you have to have a view on the metaverse and you have to have a view on sustainability because these are two areas that our customers whatever industry we're in however we serve our customers right now are going to need to see from us as a response so I don't think there's really a choice for a business of the future to say well I'm not going to look at that that's all kind of future stuff and we don't need to go there my prediction will be you will need to go there and you're going to probably need to go there sooner rather than later whether you need to do big budget I'd say test 
quietly in the background, don't invest anything yet, just apart from your time, and kind of get a feel for the when. Because I think for me, this is going to be more an evolution than a revolution in most industries. I think if you are in high street fashion, I think if you're in retail, it could be a different answer. If you're in music, it is already a different answer. You are going to need to have an opinion and pretty soon. But I think for the rest of us, there is the luxury of a little bit of time. So I would say for now, do testing for free in terms of budget commitment, but start the conversation, you know, begin to get others involved. If, if, they, if you sense there are others in your organization who, you know, might want to, you know, explore and research and play with this with you. Uh, because I think, you know, the more people you can get interested in this, even if it is in your spare time, I think as a marketer, this is an opportunity to really, really take the bull by the horns. And I think it's an opportunity that will pass you by if you choose to say no. So I think at least having a view I think at worst, just having a view at best, testing, getting some plans together for this evolution and, yeah, maybe potentially even setting a few little things up and testing them. And I think doing it sooner rather than later, because you will know that your competitor down the street is going to be doing this if you're not. So I don't think there's really a choice in the matter here. I think it's just about when you want to do it. And do you think it matters which of the many platforms you choose? I mean, you, as you say, spatially is great because you don't need headsets, but you might find one of the others um, perhaps speaks to you more. Do you think it matters which one you push, you as a marketer choose to play in? I don't think really I can have a, an honest and accurate kind of answer or point people specifically to one. I think as a marketer, I've found for testing purposes, I found Spatial as, uh, as, as a really comforting and welcoming place to begin. I mean, if you're already in Decentraland or you're already on Sandbox or you're already gaming, you know, you may well already have a, a personal preference. So maybe begin there. I, I, I don't think there is one place that is going to necessarily come come out on top here you know obviously Mr Zuckerberg will say well it's going to be meta you've got to watch us but I think for now just go where you feel drawn to so maybe just select one have a little play see where it ends up Neil, I always feel when we when we talk that I need to rush out and, and try the newest and the latest so thank you for that can I just do one last question and that is because I'm now intrigued what is it that Meta, Facebook Meta, is doing that is off the mark? Where is it so different? I'm not sure that it is that they're necessarily off the mark. I think, as you alluded to at the beginning of this conversation, is that they have been very bullish in where they're going with this. Um, and I think if this goes back to all of their promises kind of in in you know, previous iterations of what was Facebook, they have kind of positioned themselves as desiring to be the centre of the internet. I think there is always this kind of very, very high level of confidence in terms of their strategic positioning. So I think at any opportunity, they're going to get shot down if they don't really hit the timescales that maybe the market then assumes that they're working to. And I think what they found is that this is not easy stuff to do. I mean, one of the, the jokes has been um, the fact that, yeah, the, the head of your avatar looks quite good, but look, it hasn't even got legs, you know. <laughs> and I mean, this has been something that how can you actually have a credible avatar moving around in the metaverse if it's floating? 
writing. You know, that's not an avatar. That's just kind of like a little half a cartoon. So it's just really been kind of observations like that that has kind of, I think, just almost made a mockery of the big, bold claims. So, of course, any brand in any industry going out, you know, very in a very, very confident, maybe overtly confident way is potentially setting itself up for, for failure in the short term. I think in the medium to longer term, they probably will be one of the big winners. Um, but I think until they start to release something that is kind of almost keeping up with some of the, the faster, maybe more nimble, agile movers in this space, um, they're probably still going to struggle. So I think for now, probably just keep a watching brief on Meta. Uh, but there are definitely other places where you'll have a lot more fun if you want to start testing this stuff out. Neil Wilkins, uh, College Fellow, thank you so much for your time and for giving us the benefit of your insight into the metaverse. Sis. You're very welcome and uh, it'll be interesting to maybe come back in a, a year's time and see where we are at that point. Definitely, maybe by then we won't be podcasting, we'll be meeting in the metaverse, is one of them. I'd like to think so. I'll see you there. The Cambridge Marketing Podcast from Cambridge Marketing College, training marketing and PR professionals across the globe.